This is Soccer News IV. Soccer News IV. It's in your veins. Brought to you by SoccerRom.com. From Bumblebee to high school to college to the pros. Before the best coaches go to practice, they go to SoccerRom.com. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Here's our top story. The women's national team are once again in the group of death. The draw for this year's Women's World Cup was held this week. The U.S. will face North Korea, Sweden, and Nigeria in Group B. These are the exact same three teams the U.S. faced in the 2003 World Cup. It will be the third time in a row for the U.S. to play against North Korea and Sweden. The tournament starts this September in China. Two more teams are now on board for the new WSII. The Women's Soccer Initiative announced they will begin playing next April. This April, the Boston Breakers and a team from New York officially joined the Women's League restart. That means the WSII has eight teams. Boston, New York, St. Louis, Dallas, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, and a market to be named later. There is a setback in plans to return MLS soccer to Northern California. San Jose State and Lou Wolf announced negotiations to build a stadium on the university's campus have failed. The university wanted a bigger guaranteed share of money from concerts at the stadium. Wolf said he still has other options in his quest to restart the Quakes in the Bay Area. His option for rebuilding the franchise runs through 2009. And Connor Casey is now a rapid. Toronto traded the U.S. international striker to Colorado for a third-round pick in 2008 and rights to a Canadian player, Riley O'Neill. That's a bit of an odd pick since O'Neill currently isn't even in MLS. He's playing for a team in the German third division. This is a move home for Casey, who graduated from Denver's South High School. On to the games. On Wednesday last week, Real Salt Lake beat the Kansas City Wizards at home in overtime. It was not an MLS regular season match, but rather part of a U.S. Open Cup qualifier. And Williams put away the game winner 19 minutes into overtime. Now, Real will play Colorado on May 28th in Denver. The winner of that match qualifies for the Cup. If you're a crew fan, the good news is your team hasn't lost yet. The bad news is... They haven't won yet either. At, at least they learned how to score, though. The crew tied Revolution 2-2 two to two in Columbus on Thursday night. Taylor Twelman scored his third goal of the season to put New England ahead in the 38th minute. But Frankie Hayduck made a mad dash up the wing and a rare great cross to Kai Kamara for a tie in the 88th minute. Don't look now, but the Red Bulls are finding ways to win. New York's Clint Mathis was ejected in the 36th minute, which means the Bulls had to play a man down for 54 minutes. Despite that, teen striker Josie Altador put away a beautiful strike in the 60th 
minute, and New York held on to win. A couple of notes here. First, the artificial turf in Giant Stadium is much better than the turf in Salt Lake. It plays better. It looks better on television. I just hope Toronto has taken note. Second, in three games, Houston has only scored one goal. Third, in three games, New York has not allowed a single goal to be scored on them. They're the only MLS side that can say that. And finally, Cletus did not deserve the red card. It was at best a yellow. He was not sliding in. He was standing up. The bottom of his cleat struck the top of Eddie Robinson's foot, but there was not malice. It wasn't a goal-scoring opportunity, and Robinson wasn't seriously hurt. Clint got robbed. And you know what? It wasn't the only high-profile refing mistake of the weekend. We'll talk about the others in just a minute. Chicago beat Kansas City 2-1 in Toyota Park Saturday. Chad Barrett scored in the 36th minute, and Chris Rolfe converted a penalty kick to seal the deal in the 73rd. By the way, is it just me, or does Barrett remind anyone else of Manchester United's Wayne Rooney? Next time you watch Chicago, look at his stance and the way he scraps for every ball and see what you think. Chivas USA scored 30 seconds into their match against Real Salt Lake. Salt Lake never recovered. Michael Galindo scored in the first and ninth minutes. Ante Razov notched his 100th MLS goal in the 43rd. And Matt Taylor hit netting in the 89th. Real looked bad all over the field, but especially in goal. Keeper Nick Romando has to take the blame for the first goal. He came out way too early and way too slow for a ball lobbed into the side of the 18. Galindo got to it first. Ramondo was off balance and out of position, and Galindo made him look silly. This is probably the third goal of the season that is primarily Ramondo's fault. Real needs a new keeper soon, or this season could slip away from them before the end of May. One more note about this game. Chivas' Sasha Kleiston should have been given a red card in the 76th minute. He tackled Real's Andy William from behind with a flying two-legs studs-up attack. He wrapped around William's lower leg and then rolled over. It could have broken Andy's leg. As it is, Williams will miss four to six weeks with a high ankle strain. Kleiston was given a yellow card. It should have been red. Go back and look at Clint Mathis's red card and then look at Kleistian's caution and you tell me which one was worse. And speaking of bad refing, Colorado's Jovan Karofsky should be ashamed of himself for pulling a Maradona-esque hand of God routine during the Colorado FC Dallas match on Sunday. While it was obvious to people sitting as far away as Oklahoma that Karofsky batted the ball down in Dallas's box with his forearm, both the linesman and the referee missed it. Karofsky then chipped keeper Shaka Hislop for the goal. Dallas was able to come back thanks to a brilliant game by Ramon Nunez, who scored two of Dallas's three goals. It was a big week for Nunez. He just received his green card earlier in the week, officially becoming a U.S. resident. And finally, on Tuesday, L.A. beat Columbus during another Open Cup qualifier. Nate Jake was scored in the 17th, and L.A. held on to win. The Galaxy now play the Red Bulls to qualify for the tournament. On to the schedule. On Wednesday, Toronto FC heads to KC to take on the Wizards. The game is at 8 Eastern on direct kick. 
On Thursday, the Bulls and Toros play a rematch on ESPN2. New York beat Dallas in their first meeting 3-0. This time, the game is in Dallas. It starts at 8 Eastern. Then on Sunday, KC and Toronto have a, a rematch of their own. This will be the Canadiens' home opener at BMO Field. By the way, no MLS team has ever lost their first match in a new soccer-specific stadium. You can watch at 12.30 on DirectKick and HDNet. DC United plays Columbus at 7.30 in Columbus. Neither team has won so far this year. You can watch that one on DirectKick. The Super Classico kicks off in L.A. with the Galaxy and Chivas at 10.30 Saturday. L.A. is the home team officially. That match is on Fox Soccer Channel. And for the second time so far this season, Dallas must play two games within four days the hoops host the revolution on sunday at three eastern it will be shown on telefutura then at seven chicago goes to houston to meet the dynamo this game will also be shown on direct kick that's all we have for this week i need to say thanks to soccerom.com for all of their support for soccer news iv i'm stephen parr remember soccer news iv it's in your veins